Well, good morning. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, a few announcements. I, I would encourage you to look to the bulletin to, to get to the details. Uh, but MDS is, is having a work day on March 12 in DeWitt, Nebraska. And um, also uh, the MCC sale. We've uh, been asked to help out with some baking on that and, and a few things for the backpack. So uh, look to the bulletin, though, for the details on that. And let's have prayer time and we'll... We'll get to singing. Heavenly Father, thank you for a good day. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together, to be together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your spirit and your presence. Lord, we give you full reign this morning to come, to work, to minister, to speak, uh, to lead, to guide. Um, whatever you would do in our lives, Lord, we just we open ourselves up to you and say, here we are. Um, use me. Speak to me. I am yours. Uh, we love you, Lord. Amen.
something, you don't need to hope for it. You know, that something that we had in our worship, um, through our trust in Christ, believing in what he has done for us, he has the promise of, of salvation. Hope is expecting that he will give us everlasting life and that, he, that we will live with him forever. We can hope with assurance, for our hope is built on a trust in the most trustworthy one of all. Thank you. Let's conclude by singing Grace and Peace.
ready to have a prayer time. Uh, a little bit of news. Um, many of you probably know Cortland Regeer. Uh, that's Cody Regeer's son. Um, he was working with Dean the other day and uh, just passed out. So Dean um, called 911, and, and he woke up, but the, they, they took him to get him checked out. And um, he is currently in Lincoln, and they're wanting to do a heart cath this morning, and uh, they might go after the tricuspid valve. And he says the tricuspid valve, that's the valve that separates the, the two chambers on the right-hand side. Uh, so they might be doing that today. And from what I understand, that's a, an open heart where they, where they crack the ribs open. And, and um, so, yeah, as, as we enter into a, a time of prayer, um, be praying for Cortland and his family and for good health and miracles and um, may this be the last time he's ever in the hospital for heart stuff. And um, so, yeah, let's have, a, let's have a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you. <clears throat> and Lord, we just want to spend a couple moments just saying how, how thankful and how grateful we are to you, God. Um, just for who you are and for your goodness to us. Lord, we are, we are grateful and we are thankful, Lord. This, this morning, we pray for Cortland, um, and there might be other people that we know as well, too, who have uh, a physical ailment that, um, that is concerning, and just other loved ones, God, that, that are heavy on our hearts. So, Lord, we, we spend uh, some time just praying for those that we love. our desire to be in more relationship with you and so we ask you is there is there any way that we have grieved your holy spirit we ask that you would pierce our heart that you would know us is there any any grievance uh within us lord um, where we have uh, offended you uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly god we ask that you would reveal that to us lord that that we would be able to to repent turn away from you this morning. You're so beautiful. You're so gracious. You're so patient. Um, you're so faithful. Uh, you're understanding. And just you, you put up with us a lot, Lord. Thank you so much. We love you this morning, Lord. Thank you so much.
So as, as many, <coughs> excuse me, as many of you are well aware, before coming here, I worked with a program called Track. Okay, that's going to come in play later on. So just remember that one. So we and Track is this kind of discipleship mission program, and it's ten months long, and you know you have training, and then then we do a missions trip, and then we have debrief. So at debrief, we would have uh, kind of like a, a dessert night, and it's celebrative, and everyone shares their stories, and we invite people from the community, and that kind of thing. And so one guy, I'm chatting with one guy afterwards, and you know, a local guy in community, and he's kind of seems that he's kind of been stirred or, or impacted by this, and he, you know, he's like, well, I, yeah, maybe I, maybe I need to, you know, to kind of be be more available or, or get more involved, or you know, and he's and he's kind of wrestling with this idea of, of maybe that he should, you know, help out more, you know, if, if there was space for that. And we're always looking for helpers and volunteers, and I think that's yeah, you bet, that's great. So I just kind of file that in, in the back of my mind that this guy would be interested in helping out. So that's springtime. So we're coming up on fall time. Uh, fall, see, it says fall time. So we're going to we're coming up in the fall, and um, and I'm working on mentors because each trekker has an individual mentor and blah blah blah. And so I'm making the calls, and this guy had expressed interest, right? So I give this guy a call, and uh, and I say, um, hey, you know, this is this is Luke from the Trek program calling you about mentoring. Like oh, oh all right, well yeah, you know, and he's kind of a chatty guy, you know. So you're like, so you know, what's going on, or how's life, or something like that, you know. And he's, you know, it's kind of those things where you like throw him a question, he's just good for three, four minutes, you know, and you know, you throw him another question, he's good for another three, four, five, and he's just kind of talking, and I'm just kind of listening, and he's talking about life and business and some employee and this and that and. You know, and every, you know, we just, I think we're just making small talk. I kid you not, I'm like 15 minutes into this conversation, and I realize he has no idea who I am. Like, like, like legit has, like, he thinks, it's, it's not that he doesn't know who he's talking to, it's that he thinks he's talking to someone else. Like, he, and, and I'm like, we are really far into this conversation. Like, how do, how, how do I, you know, let him down gently, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, and and see, okay, here's the thing. He owned a bicycle shop, right? And like a big bicycle, like not like a hole-in-the-wall ugly thing, like the big, cool, hip, all kinds of different bicycles and off-road bikes and on-road, you know. I mean, like he was really, really into this stuff and been on this for years. And um, so I say, oh, I, I think maybe we had a, a miscommunication. This is Luke Hidley with the MB Mission Trek program, calling about mentoring one of our Trekkers. He's like, oh, oh. They had just signed a huge contract with Trek Bicycles. That's a brand name for bicycles. And he thought I was like the local rep calling to offer business mentoring, which is why he started to just spill his guts on what was going on in the business. And he was talking to me about employees who were misbehaving 
what and all this other kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, no, I'm calling to see if you'd be interested in mentoring the trekker this year. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good, thanks. <laughs> you know, and bye. You know, so I was like, well, there's 15 minutes. I'll never get back. You know, but um. Anyway, but have you ever had a conversation with that like that where you're talking with someone and you're just you are just not on the same page and maybe you realize it and they don't realize it or and no no elbowing your spouse here please let's keep let's keep it civil but and or maybe it's it's something where like neither of you even realize it or this is can be fun when you're watching another couple and they're just like and you're like oh this is I I would I would do popcorn right now if I could pop popcorn. This is so entertaining. Just where two people are just not getting what each other is talking about. That's kind of like what we're what we're gonna look at today. We're uh, we're um, over the next couple of weeks. I want to look at some of the I am statements that Jesus makes in the Book of John. Uh, Jesus makes seven I am statements, uh, and then he and then it's some kind of analogy, right? I am the vine. I am the bread. I am light. I am something, something, something. Um, there's actually eight if you include the phrase "before Abraham was, I am," and that might be the most powerful I am statement of all that Jesus makes. But we're we're going to spend some time looking through this at least uh, to get us up to Easter. And uh, we're in the Book of John. If you have your Bible, we are in John chapter six. We're going to cover a lot of territory. Theme verse though is is John six thirty five. And uh, one thing to remember on the book of John is that the book of John is not written chronologically. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are. Like, I mean, there's an actual timeline. Like, they follow the timeline. John is written thematically, not chronologically. And so it's, so when you read a story in John, its placement may seem really odd. Um, some think that he is doing a, I think it's, I think they're using a chiism where it's like A, B, C, main point c d a where a and a and b and d and c and c match up and then the middle point is like the thing that you're trying to draw from some think it's that structure some think it's i don't know it's just it's kind of confusing and that kind of stuff but but it's not chronological that's not really relevant to today's story i'll just let it go um theme verse for for today and 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 the phrase that we're going to go after today is i am the bread of life and he says that a couple times uh, one of the first times is John six thirty five. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, to understand kind of what's going on, we have to back up a little bit. And so I'm just going to paraphrase for you a little bit and give you the background story on, on, on what's happening here. So Jesus is with his disciples. And they've, they've done some pretty powerful ministry. It was great and it's wonderful. So then they cross the Sea of Galilee to the, to the eastern side. And maybe they just wanted to get away. There were a couple times where Jesus kind of wanted to get away to have some alone time with the dis- disciples. We don't really hear the reasoning in, in this, in, in the book of John. But So they cross over onto the east side. Well, previously, Jesus had done a lot of miracles and he had healed a lot of people, which... I mean, that's remarkable in and of itself. But when you think of what, like, the medical system was back then, I mean, you know, e- even more so, right? I mean, just all your ailments that there's so little resolution for. And then this Jewish guy just is, like, touching people and healing stuff left and right. I mean, even blind people are seeing. Like, it's crazy, right? So, so they're impacted by that, and legitimately so. 
So, so Jesus and his disciples head over to the east side. A whole bunch of people then fought, walked around the Sea of Galilee. Now, we really don't know, like, from where to, uh, the Sea of Galilee is, like, several miles wide, three, four, five miles wide. I, some of you are children. I know a lot of you enjoy swimming up there. But, I mean, so for them to walk around the Sea of Galilee, like, that's, that's a long walk. So they walk around, and they meet him on the other side. And Jesus sees this whole huge crowd come out, and he divides the plan. Okay, this is going to be a teachable moment for, for, hi, for his disciples. Uh, verse 6, it, it says that, that he tested his disciples because he, he had this idea. So all these people come up, and it says that there are 5,000 men present. So that could mean that there were 5,000 people. I mean, that's like, that's a legitimate idea that only men showed up. However, if they showed up with families, we could easily be talking 10, 15, 20,000 people. So we don't, we know 5,000 minimum, but we might be pushing 20. And so all these people are coming up, and Jesus tells his disciples, and, and he's got this all planned out in his head. He knows what he's going to do. But he tells his disciples, I want you to feed them. And, and Philip, who was good with math or had like one of those little watch calculators or something like that, he's the first one to chime in, and he goes, eight months' wages would not do it. Like we don't, that's, we don't have that much money. We don't have that much time. And then Andrew chimes in, and I'm fascinated by Andrew's comment. I kind of want to ask him about this someday. But Andrew jumps into the conversation, and he goes, you know, there's a little kid here. He brought his Lunchable. He has five loaves and two fishes. Which, and, you know, hats off to, to the little Boy Scout showing up with his lunch, you know, being prepared. Like, I love this guy already. And, um, but, but the question that I'm fascinated with is why did Andrew even bring this up? I mean, the kid does not have enough food to, to feed the disciples. Why does he even interject this into the conversation with, with feeding these five to 20,000 people? And, and my, my theory, we don't, Scripture doesn't know, you know, I want to ask Andrew this about someday, but my theory, I mean, either Andrew was really, really slow, or he kind of had a suspicion in what Jesus was about to do. Like, he, 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 he was kind of a little bit dialed in, and he thought, I think, I think Jesus is, is about to do something here. So he introduces the kid who, who, who has just a little bit of lunch. So Jesus takes this lunch, the, the five breads, the, the two fish. You guys know what happens next. Jesus prays over it. It just says that he gives thanks. Um, he doesn't, yeah, read what he prayed, what he didn't pray. Uh, it just says he gave thanks. And, and then they break it up, right? And everyone gets as much as they want. They, they spread them around 5,000, 20,000 people, all the bread you can eat, all the fish you can eat. Everyone gets their fill, right? Um, Gluten-free vegetarians, maybe out of luck. Everyone else having a great time, full, full belly. They gather up the leftovers. There's 12 baskets. I do believe that there's significance in the 12 simply because later on Jesus mentions it. He refers back to this. He says, how many baskets did you gather? 12. There were two mass feedings. This was one of them. So I do believe there's significance in that. That is my story for this week. Incidentally, does stuff like this still happen today? There is a, a missionary by the name of Jackie Pullinger. He wrote a story called, uh, or wrote a book called Chasing the Dragon. Um, he's been serving in the slums of China for decades now. Um, and uh, I don't remember if he's been, I had a coworker who got to hear her speak uh, at one point in time. Another good friend got to work with her for a little bit. So I don't remember if there's one of their stories or, or if there's some, some in, in the book where she tells this story. But um, 
Jesus tries again to talk about eternal life. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they keep going on about food. Sure, give us this bread always. And even use of that word always says they're still like they're wanting day to day eaten bread. They're not understanding the one time uh, salvation of Jesus. Jesus says it again. Verse thirty five. It's kind of one of our theme verses. I am the bread of life. He talks some more. And then verse 40, which in some ways should be a theme verse for this whole thing. But verse 40, for this is the will of my father. That everyone who looks upon the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him on the last day. And really this whole dialogue is Jesus, you know, trying to trying to convey that, you know, this one verse that that God, you know, God's will is that all who look on Jesus will have eternal life. So throughout this whole dialogue, Jesus is driving home the point that he is eternal life. And, and that you must believe in him. And, you know, uh, if you look ahead a, a couple verses, we often give the disciples a hard time for being kind of slow and dumb. But on this one, they nailed it. Like this one, they just, they, they got it, dead on correct. Verse 66, a whole bunch of people left him. And, and we'll explain why in a minute. We're going to kind of wrestle through that. So in verse 66, so a whole bunch of people left. They said, this, this teaching's too hard. Verse 67, Jesus said to his 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him. He, he, and in his answer, he names three things. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. For the disciples, this was bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. I mean, they, they nailed it dead on. They are three for three. There's two kind of applications or, or ideas that I want to pull out of this for today. And as we talk through this, and, and as we talk through this, I would just say, just, just kind of examine yourself or let the Holy Spirit examine yourself and say, all right, Lord, am I one of these? Where am I? What, what, what applies to me? The first one, very obviously, is that Jesus is eternal life. And that the way that we have eternal life is to believe in Jesus. Time and again, in, Je- in this passage, Jesus talks about eternal life about believing in him, and he uses himself, uh, you know, he uses the bread analogy, say, I'm the bread of life. Verse 35, bread of life. Verse 40, eternal life. Verse 41, bread of life. 47, whoever believes has eternal life. 48, living bread. 50, eat of it and not die. 51, living bread. 53, unless you eat, you have no life. 57, live because of me. 58, live forever. Time and time again, he's trying to drive home this point. Believe in him. Eternal life. I am the bread of life. And folks, let me just say that when you know, when you know that you have eternal life, there is such incredible freedom in that. Especially as you walk in your interactive life. Because when you say, the world doesn't like what I have to say, I get to go to heaven. The world doesn't like how I live, Jesus is going to validate it in the end. The world wants me dead, but the hour is to spend eternity with the Father. 
that the world needs to see you and Megan. Such an incredible leader. And you know what will be needed. Maybe win's not the best thing to say. second idea that that might apply to our lives is that God is trying to convey some message to you and you're not hearing it because your mind is so fixated on yourself. That is very much the soil of our lives. The idea that God is saying, oh, message, idea, dream, or vision, or word of correction, and you're not hearing it because you keep wanting to talk about how to give it to your kids. busy asking about the stuff you want rather than listening about the stuff you need. One of the most terrifying sentences I have ever heard by a lady by the name of Dawn Gray, she said, what you think about most is what you get. God trying to get a message across to you just like you are on purpose but you're not listening because like the people of Nineveh you're so fixated on your idols that you never learn what the world needs let's we really do need to wrestle with kind of a difficult part of this passage because Jesus gets a little bit extreme uh, and our first point is kids get a little bit lame says i'm the living bread that came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread and this is kind of the end part of the conversation right so they've been going back and forth and they're really kind of missing each other and missing the whole point and then jesus kind of escalates here um the bread that i give for life of the world is my flesh then the jews disputed among themselves saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And and the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me he also will live because of this because of me this is the bread that came down from heaven not like the bread that the fathers ate and died whoever feeds on this bread will live forever then in verse 66 is where they say this is a hard teaching and many of the disciples walk away mad so so that escalated and maybe got a bit worse and I mean, what is jesus advocating here I mean, we, like, is he advocating some kind of cannibalism? You know, like, and different people in, interpret this uh, differently. I mean, um, from, what I, from what I understand, I mean, Catholics will say that, you know, when you do communion, that becomes the, the actual blood and, and flesh of Christ, uh, communion, right? So there's a whole spectrum on, on how to really approach this. 
big picture there is this. Jesus is talking eternal life and believing. And if you look back, as Jesus sets up that both eating and drinking, he sets up as metaphors for believing. And he promises eternal life to those who believe. So I think that what he is saying here, and this is where we use scripture to interpret scripture. But I believe that what he is saying here is that when he says, eat the flesh and drink the blood, he's saying, believe the flesh, the broken flesh. Believe the blood, the shed blood. We believe that his death, the breaking of his body, his breath, the spilling of his blood, all this happened on the cross. We believe that moment paid the penalty for our sins. And that his perfect righteousness is given in exchange for our unrighteousness, right? So for those of us who believe, all of our pain, sorrow, loss is placed on Jesus, crucified with Jesus. We receive his purity, his goodness, his holiness, his righteousness. So when we sing these old hymns about covered in the blood, that's kind of gross, right? Maybe don't, when you're <laughs> interacting with your non-believers, don't start with covered in the blood. Um, what we're saying is that the reason that we are allowed to enter into heaven is because when God sees us, he does not see our sin. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, because we are covered in the blood or covered in the sacrifices of his son. God doesn't see who we used to be. He sees the perfection of his son. Believing this is how we eat it, drink it, how we drink his blood. So I believe this is just a metaphor for, for believing that he died on the cross. So, yeah, so kind of what do we do with this? Individually, I mean, it's either believe or it's to listen better. Collectively, it's a bit different. Um, collectively, how do, we, how do we handle this story? There was a story a, a few years ago um, of a gal whose mother died. is very clear that I will be held responsible for you. Please don't tell anyone. But I also believe that this church is going to be held responsible for this family. I firmly believe that God is going to ask us as a church, he's going to say, it is your responsibility to make sure everyone has a chance to hear, hear the faith gift that
but for those who believe there is eternal life. That we believe in the broken body and the shed blood. We believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And that that belief leads to eternity with Jesus. That message has been entrusted into our care. And no one else is going to do it for us. There, there is no plan B on this message. Like, just look around, okay? Yourself and the person sitting next to you, that's plan A. There, there's no, like, super professionals following behind us to clean up what we miss. If we don't get it done, it doesn't get done. This, this is, and I don't know how you feel about that, but that's our reality. This, this, this is plan A, and there is no plan B. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe for you, you are at, I need believing, I need Jesus' bread of life. Maybe you are at, I'm not listening. God keeps trying to give me a message, but my mind is so focused on what a free lunch that I'm not listening to the eternity-altering message that he has for me. And maybe you're at, I have a message to share, and, and I need to raise the risk in my conversations because I don't want to be getting that letter from some young gal saying, you're either mean or you don't believe in me. Because for years I never heard that. Verse 47, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life, for I am the bread of life. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we believe that this scripture is true, that it's good, that it's relevant, that it speaks to our, our, our life and our situation. God, we believe in your Holy Spirit that speaks to us and illuminates this scripture and guides us on how to apply the final truth of, of, of your word into our lives today. God, we believe that it's your spirit that, that, that makes that connection between here's the truth of scripture and here's how we apply that to Henderson in 2016. So God, by, by your word and by your spirit, we ask that you lead us, that you guide us. God, we worship you. It is, it is a gift to us that we get to partner with you to see your kingdom come in Henderson as it is in heaven. And God, we thank you for that rich, rich opportunity. Lord, for those who are listening, whether here or online, God, if they need to believe, I pray that they would believe. If they need to listen because they've been filled to soda and earthly things, I pray that that you would help us to listen. And Lord, for those of us who, who need to engage um, in community, I pray that you give us the, the courage to do so. God, because we have this confidence that at the end, we, we win. We, we get to do with you. And so really can't we ever really think that our story is going to end up in heaven? stand and join us as we sing and and ask God to give us sensitive hearts to your unfailing love.